Matthew Henry's Commentary on the Whole Bible An Exposition with Practical Observations of The Book of Psalms Psalm 119.15 Samek Psalm 119 verse 113 Here we have 1. David's dread of the risings of sin, and the first beginnings of it, I hate vain thoughts. He does not mean that he hated them in others, for there he could not discern them, but he hated them in his own heart. Every good man makes conscience of his thoughts, for they are words to God. Vain thoughts, how light soever most make of them, are sinful and hurtful, and therefore we should account them hateful and dreadful, for they do not only divert the mind from that which is good, but open the door to all evil, Jeremiah 4 verse 14. Though David could not say that he was free from vain thoughts, yet he could say that he hated them, he did not countenance them, nor give them any entertainment, but did what he could to keep them out, at least to keep them under. The evil I do I allow not. 2. David's delight in the rule of duty, but thy law do I love, which forbids those vain thoughts, and threatens them. The more we love the law of God the more we shall get the mastery of our vain thoughts, the more hateful they will be to us, as being contrary to the whole law, and the more watchful we shall be against them, lest they draw us from that which we love. Psalm 119 verse 114 Here is 1. God's care of David to protect and defend him, which he comforted himself with when his enemies were very malicious against him. Thou art my hiding place, and my shield. David, when Saul pursued him, often betook himself to close places for shelter, in war he guarded himself with his shield. Now God was both these to him, a hiding place to preserve him from danger, and a shield to preserve him in danger, his life from death and his soul from sin. Good people are safe under God's protection. He is their strength and their shield, their help and their shield, their sun and their shield, their shield, and their great reward, and here their hiding place and their shield. They may by faith retire to him and repose in him as their hiding place, where they are kept in secret. They may by faith oppose his power to all the might and malice of their enemies, as their shield to quench every fiery dart. 2. David's Confidence in God He is safe, and therefore he is easy, under the divine protection. I hope in thy word, which has acquainted me with thee and assured me of thy kindness to me. Those who depend on God's promise shall have the benefit of his power and be taken under his special protection. Psalm 119 verse 115 Here is 1. David's firm and fixed resolution to live a holy life. I will keep the commandments of my God. Bravely resolved. Like a saint, like a soldier, for true courage consists in a steady resolution against all sin and for all duty. Those that would keep God's commandments must be often renewing their resolutions to do so, so, I will keep them. Whatever others do, this I will do, though I be singular, though all about me be evildoers, and desert me, whatever I have done hitherto, I will for the future walk closely with God. They are the commandments of God, of my God, and therefore I will keep them. He is God and may command me, my God and will command me nothing but what is for my good. 2. His farewell to bad company, pursuant to this resolution, depart from me, you evildoers. Though David, as a good magistrate, was a terror to evildoers, yet there were many such, even about court, intruding near his person, these he here abdicates, and resolves to have no conversation with them. Note, those that resolve to keep the commandments of God must have no society with evildoers, for bad company is a great hindrance to a holy life.
We must not choose wicked people for our companions, nor be intimate with them. We must not do as they do nor do as they would have us do. Psalm 1 verse 1, Ephesians 5 verse 11. Psalm 119 verse 116 and 117. Here. 1. David prays for sustaining grace, for this grace sufficient he besought the Lord twice, uphold me, and again, hold thou me up. He sees himself not only unable to go on in his duty by any strength of his own, but in danger of falling into sin unless he was prevented by divine grace, and therefore he is thus earnest for that grace to uphold him in his integrity, Psalm 41 verse 12, to keep him from falling, and to keep him from tiring, that he might neither turn aside to evil doing nor be weary of well-doing. We stand no longer than God holds us and go no further than He carries us. 2. He pleads earnestly for this grace. 1. He pleads the promise of God, His dependence upon the promise, and His expectation from it, Uphold me, according to Thy word, which word I hope in, and, if it be not performed, I shall be made ashamed of my hope, and be called a fool for my credulity. But those that hope in God's word may be sure that the word will not fail them, and therefore their hope will not make them ashamed. 2. He pleads the great need he had of God's grace and the great advantage it would be of to him, uphold me, that I may live, intimating that he could not live without the grace of God, he should fall into sin, into death, into hell, if God did not hold him up, but, supported by his hand, he shall live, his spiritual life shall be maintained and be an earnest of eternal life. Hold me up, and I shall be safe, out of danger, and out of the fear of danger. Our holy security is grounded on divine supports. 3. He pleads his resolution, in the strength of this grace, to proceed in his duty, hold me up, and then I will have respect unto thy statutes continually and never turn my eyes or feet aside from them. I will employ myself, so some, I will delight myself, so others, in thy statutes. If God's right hand uphold us, we must, in his strength, go on in our duty both with diligence and pleasure. Psalm 119 verse 118 to 120. Here is 1. God's judgment on wicked people, on those that wander from his statutes, that take their measures from other rules, and will not have God to reign over them. All departure from God's statutes is certainly an error, and will prove a fatal one. These are the wicked of the earth, they mind earthly things, lay up their treasures in the earth, live in pleasure on the earth, and are strangers and enemies to heaven and heavenly things. Now see how, how God deals with them, that you may neither fear them nor envy them. 1. He treads them all down. He brings them to ruin, to utter ruin, to shameful ruin, he makes them his footstool. Though they are ever so high, he can bring them low, Amos 2 verse 9, he has done it many a time, and he will do it, for he resists the proud and will triumph over those that oppose his kingdom. Proud persecutors trample upon his people, but sooner or later, he will trample upon them. 2. He puts them all away like dross. Wicked people are as dross, which, though it be mingled with the good metal in the ore, and seems to be of the same substance with it, must be separated from it. And in God's account they are worthless things, the scum and refuse of the earth, and no more to be compared with the righteous than dross with fine gold. There is a day coming which will put them away from among the righteous, Matthew 13 verse 49, so that they shall have no place in their congregation, Psalm 1 verse 5, which will put them away into everlasting fire, the fittest place for the dross.
Sometimes, in this world, the wicked are, by the censures of the church, or the sword of the magistrate, or the judgments of God, put away as dross, Proverbs 25 verses 4 and 5. 2. The reasons of these judgments. God casts them off because they err from his statutes, those that will not submit to the commands of the word shall feel the curses of it, and because their deceit is falsehood, that is, because they deceive themselves by setting up false rules in opposition to God's statutes, which they err from, and because they go about to deceive others with their hypocritical pretenses of good and their crafty projects of mischief. Their cunning is falsehood, so Dr. Hammond. The utmost of their policy is treachery and perfidiousness, this the God of truth hates and will punish. 3. The improvement David made of these judgments. He took notice of them and received instruction from them. The ruin of the wicked helped to increase. 1. His love to the word of God. I see what comes of sin, therefore I love thy testimonies, which warn me to take heed of those dangerous courses and keep me from the paths of the destroyer. We see the word of go fulfilled in his judgments on sin and sinners, and therefore we should love it. 2. His fear of the wrath of God, my flesh trembles for fear of thee. Instead of insulting over those who fell under God's displeasure, he humbled himself. What we read and hear of the judgments of God upon wicked people would make us. 1. To reverence his terrible majesty, and to stand in awe of him, who was able to stand before this holy Lord God. 1 Samuel 6 verse 20. 2. To fear lest we offend him and become obnoxious to his wrath. Good men have need to be restrained from sin by the terrors of the Lord, especially when judgment begins at the house of God and hypocrites are discovered and put away as dross.